You know, there's an entire population of women out there born in the so-called typewriter generation who are migrating quickly into the digital generation. We're talking about women who are in their 50s and 60s and even 70s who are harnessing years of experience and wisdom and expertise and bringing it all online to start new businesses. And let me tell you, they're out there killing it. If you haven't noticed yet, I absolutely love entrepreneurs. I mean, I am one, and I love the fact that so many of us are creative, we're bold, we're scrappy, and we're even a little sassy. And so is my guest today on the show. Colleen Kohanic is the founder of The Scrappy Frontier. I mean, don't you just love that name, Scrappy Frontier? She is leading the way in helping women from that typewriter generation become successful laptop entrepreneurs. And I've known Colleen for several years now as our paths crossed and intersected in an online business group. And I immediately fell in love with the way that she takes quick action. She makes quick decisions. And she is a powerful partner in a brainstorming session. I know this firsthand because we once attended a business retreat together in Charleston, South Carolina. And one afternoon, she and I sat out on the veranda overlooking the ocean, just hammering out ideas for our businesses, and, and many of which I immediately came home and implemented right away. She's smart. She's funny. She's quick on her feet. And she's not afraid to speak her mind. So clearly, she was somebody that I knew I wanted to feature on the podcast and introduce all of you to her. So you'll hear in our chat the real inside story on what led her to become an entrepreneur after the age of 50 and how she landed on that name Scrappy. Oh my gosh, this is such a good story. You're going to love it. Now, I'm pretty sure that Colleen's story will resonate with any woman out there, really, who's ever felt kind of, quote, out of your league when it comes to trying something new. So let's dig in and take a ride over to the Scrappy Frontier with Colleen Kohanic. Hi, I'm April Adams for Twee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Colleen, I'm so excited to have you here today. One of my special friends that we have been circulating on the internet with that I had the lovely, lovely pleasure of getting actually to meet you in person a couple of years ago when we attended um, a retreat with our dear friend, Jen Lehner. It's so good to see you today. And I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Oh my gosh, April, thank you for having me. This is a blast to catch up and yeah. talk all things story and whatever we're talking about today. I love it. <laughs> 
Well, we're going to be a little scrappy when we tell our stories today, because that's the name of your business, The Scrappy Frontier, which we're going to dive all into that. But, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you calling, well, there's a couple of reasons why. One reason why is because anytime you and I talk and connect, like we did in Charleston when we finally got to meet in person, there's always just such synergy of ideas. And I just, I always love your love your energy and just your frankness, you know, you're just so frank about how, what, what's working, what's not working, you know, and like you, you adapt quickly. And I love that about you. And because you adapt quickly, I think that has led a lot to the success that you have in your business, the Scrappy Frontier, really teaching women of the, what you call the typewriter generation, women who are, you know, maybe 50 and older, really how to create that second half of their life if they want to consider entrepreneurship um, and you're teaching them how to do that in, in building this online, online business for whatever it may be for them. So I'd love for you to kind of take us back and take the audience back about how that happened for you first, because I know like when we teach things, we have to first experience it for ourselves. And you're, you come from a background that's, you know, not entrepreneurship. You were in the in the corporate world for a long time, but now you are the scrappy entrepreneur and the scrappy frontier. How did that come to be for you? I was, you know, trucking along in my career, just, you know, happy as a little clam and had a job that I loved. And uh, the industry kind of went to hell in a handbasket. And I got caught in a layoff of 10,000 people. And I think I was at, I was 49 at the time, 40, yeah, 49 ish at the time. And I think it was just this realization that I just didn't want to stay corporate. I didn't want to go corporate again. The thought of sitting in another conference room, like watching another, you know, death by PowerPoint presentation was like more than I could handle. And there was just, there was no sense of real purpose in it other than I did enjoy the work and it was a great paycheck, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't long-term. So when I was, Getting laid off, which was a long process, which is a whole another story because I was on a British team and they had different rules and everything. So I really had like a year of getting laid off, which was kind of crazy. Uh, I was able to make this decision that I wanted to start my own business. And I actually kind of had this naive arrogance about it. Like, how hard can it be? Like was was my thought. Uh, and then on day two of entrepreneurship, I was like, holy heck, oh gosh, you know, I am not prepared for this at all. And so I jumped in, but I was determined to make it work. I was, it failing wasn't an option. And so I jumped in, I started taking, you know, all the programs to learn how to do an online business. You know, I took all the biggies that are out there that everybody's probably taken. And what I found was this huge information gap. And I would get in these programs and I'm like, did, did I miss like the first month of school or something? Like I, there was an information gap that I realized had to do with my age and the fact that I'm a digital immigrant. And I had come from, my career had been in like uh, educational technology. So I had worked in technology. So it's an actual term, digital immigrant, where you know, technology came to us during our lives versus, you know, being born into it. Yeah, they're born with a phone in their hand. That's yeah. what I would say. Like they were born teething on an iPad. We were born like teething on our mom's dirty car keys. You know, it was like a different, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. just a different. And so we definitely approached the technology 
differently. And that includes the online space. It just isn't as familiar to us. Like we haven't been exposed to us. So once I realized there was this gap, I would be in these groups and I would start asking, like, is there anybody else in here over 50? And they came out of the woodwork. Oh, yeah, me, me, me. But they weren't raising their hand in these groups. They weren't, uh, you know, asking questions. And so the first business I started after getting laid off was an online magazine, uh, which is where I got, you know, really I got my feet wet in all things online marketing. But as time went on, I saw this opportunity as I was getting successful in that to help other women over 50 kind of navigate the space because it, it's really a different experience when you're, you know, over, over 40, over 50 than it is when you're in your twenties or thirties. And so that's how it all started. Yeah. So when you say that you were like asking people in these groups that belong to these big courses, Hey, is anyone here over 50? And all of these people came out of the woodwork they weren't raising their hand or commenting because because why? They were just lost. They were just also like you going, what the hell? What happened to the first month of school? I think there was a bit of that. There was uh-huh. definitely this kind of read between the lines. I don't want to open my mouth and look stupid. I don't want to yeah. ask a question that makes me look old or out of place, which it's of course, we're out of place. This is unfamiliar to us. But there was this kind of notion that are this sentiment, I think, that people didn't want to raise their hand and call attention to themselves or what was potentially a naive question or that would, I always say, like, you know, bring on that millennial eye roll, like, you know, grandma can't operate the smartphone kind of thing, you know, and I think <laughs> there was that kind of sentiment, which is, you know, I mean, it is, it's definitely there. It's definitely there, but it's, it's wrong. It's the wrong sentiment, I think. And I wanted to help change that. Yeah. So that was, that was how the scrappy frontier was born then is that you saw the gap in information. You saw a huge need with a particular target audience of women over 50 who were starting online businesses or a business of some sort and needed to figure out the online space. And so that's what you now teach inside the Scrappy Frontier, right? Yes, that is. That is. I teach. And what's interesting is, I mean, my message is always to my audience, you have the most important thing. You have the deep expertise in the thing you want to do. Like that is your superpower. That's your advantage. This online stuff um, that we get tripped up on, the tech and the systems and all that, like that's just logistics. That's just logistics. Uh But a lot of my audience, they tend to kind of get stuck on that part. So I really try to bring them around to, but you have like this amazing depth of experience, like decades of experience, and you can't buy that. Like that is earned over time. That is the important part of this. So that's what I really tried to get people. But what I teach them to do is obviously to focus on that and how to navigate the tech and systems part easily because it's, those are skills that can be learned or they are things that can be outsourced. (laughs) Like you don't have to do them yourself. I I can so relate to all of that because, you know, when I brought my business online, what, four or five, I guess five, almost, wow, five, six years ago. I mean, at first it wasn't even a business because I also had to like get into all the courses and figure out all the things and realize what I didn't know um, so that I could, so I could quickly adapt and figure those pieces out. 
But gosh, there's so many pieces to, and not just social media, because social media was something that I really got. I got it. I think that just comes, comes from myself having a media background, having a broadcasting background. I get those things, but there were so many other pieces of it that were complicated with tech, right? Like, for example, setting up a Facebook ad. I mean, could they make that process any harder, right? They make it so complicated. <laughs> and so, you know, there are things that we we bump into as we are building these online businesses or, or really just having to put your business online in any way, shape or form, because there are plenty of brick and mortar businesses that also have to figure out the online space, right? So any type of business today has to have some sort of online knowledge, about how this online marketing works, whether you like it or not. And a lot of us don't like it because it is confusing and it's um, there's so much tech involved. You know, I remember the first time I heard that word funnel. I was like, what the hell's a funnel? How do I build one? Where do I go get that? Yeah. It's, it's in your kitchen cabinet. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm like, that's what I pour the orange juice in to get rid of the pulp. What are you talking about? There's just so much lingo and there's so much, you know, there are technical pieces that you have to figure out. Like, I can't tell you how many times people in my audience are like, how do I start a Facebook business page? You know, and I know you deal with that too. But yeah, this really does resonate. You know, even it probably, I'm not quite 50 yet, but even for people in their 40s too, you know, anybody that's just having to figure that piece out of bringing some sort of information into the online space and spreading that message out so that you can you know, market your goods and services, it's, it's a learning curve. So I really love that that's what you're offering and that's what you do. And of course, I've watched you grow your business too. And it's just been really um, awesome to see you serving that, that audience. And I know I can't remember, but I want you to share the inside story because I've, I've remembered you sharing this in the past, uh, but share with our audience why the word scrappy <clears throat> The Scrappy Frontier. Yes. Okay. So this is, uh, I was on a British team. So uh, a British company, I lived in the States. We were on a British team. There were two Americans and this is nothing against the Brits. I love them, but uh, there was, we had a really difficult year um, in our industry and only two of us had quote made our goals. And we happened to be the two Americans on the team and it wasn't really going over that well, but we were asked to like give a presentation about, you know, what we had done, blah, 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 you know, to do this or whatever. And so we stood up and we started talking about it and this much older British executive, you know, just kind of stereotypical. He looked at us and he's like, you two are scrappy. And he didn't mean it in a nice way. He meant it kind of like in a sit down and shut up kind of way. And we were like, hell yeah, <laughs> who, made, <laughs> who made their numbers this year? And so it just kind of stuck with me that that, um, you know, scrappy in the sense of feisty, you know, perseverance, persistence. And I thought that really embodied our age group, the 50 and over. Like we've been through a lot. We've done a lot. And we become less and less apologetic for how we do it you know, the older we get. So (laughs) I love that. And I love that, that you brought that little, you know, that story from your corporate world, your previous life into the name of your business now. And it's, I mean, I don't know if you've intended it that way, but I would just love to know 
what that man would think now watching you like build this business and have it be called Scrappy Frontier, you know, like ha 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 jokes on jokes on him. Uh, really, really good. So Colleen, when you, cause I know that you, obviously you work with a lot of women. I know that's primarily your audience is, is women and as, as is mine. And I, I suspect a you know, large part of the listeners here are women. What is it about this age group that this stage of life, right? That so many women are looking to do that next thing, to bridge that gap, to either leave corporate America like you did, or, you know, even some of them who may already be retired but looking to to do something online, whether it be a hobby that they want to turn into a business, like what is it about this target audience that's so intriguing that makes it makes them so ripe for launching a business at this age? Yeah, I think, you know, we are in such a we're in such a time of change and we're in such a different time. Like I often say, you know, we are half the age our parents or grandparents were at our age. You know, if you think about your grandparents when they were 50 or 60, that's when you retire, you sit on the front porch in your rocking chair and you wait to die. Like that was the notion then. But today, you know, we're half the age they were, we're healthier, we're younger. And I'll say to my audience, like if you're 50, you likely have a good, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ahead of you. Like, what are you going to do with that time or even longer? Like, what are you going to do with that time? So this, you know, societal notion of 65 retire, sit in your rocking chair doesn't fit reality anymore. And so what I find with my audience is they want to be very intentional about their future and they've spent their whole life doing the right thing. You know, they went to school, they went to high school, they went to college, they got married, they had like, they've done all the right things. And now it's kind of, um, A, it's their turn to do, you know, these women have spent, you know, taking care of the kids, taking care of the PTA, taking care of the job, you know, all of those kind of societal things. So it's a combination of it's my turn now, and I want to do what I want now. Uh, and I want to make money. And I, a lot of it too, is this, it's a need. Because we're living longer, we haven't necessarily saved enough money, or we've saved enough money, but we haven't necessarily saved enough money to what I say fund the fun that we want to have. You know, my audience, like they they want to take nice trips to Europe or they want to RV across the US or whatever, and they don't want to do it cheaply, <laughs> but they also haven't necessarily saved enough to accommodate this longer, healthier, more active life. So it's kind of all of the above. I, I can totally see that. And I think that, you know, when people have, like you said it like before you in your own story, you know, before getting canned from that corporate job, you realized you didn't actually just want to go find another corporate job because you didn't feel like there was a lot of purpose in what you were doing and now doing the work that you do. And then other people doing that as well, finding their purpose you know, gives them something to do to spend their days, not just sitting in the rocking chair waiting for the mailman to come because that would be the highlight of the day. Or I guess, is it even the mailman anymore? I think it's the Amazon man. <laughs> it's the Amazon it's man. It's not the mailman, it's the Amazon man. It's Alexa telling you your Amazon package has been delivered on your porch. Yeah. 
But you know what I'm saying? Like this gives them something to do that's exciting. And, you know, I, knowing as many, you know, entrepreneurs as I know, most of us are doing work that we really love doing, that we're passionate about. We're taking something that we were really good at and that we cared about um, and then just turned it into a business. So I'd love to, you know, in your audience, what have been some fun things that people have turned into businesses as a result of their passion? Like give us an example of some of the people that, you know, have come into your world. Some women that have decided to go do what, what are they doing? Okay. So, yeah. So I wanted to preface this. Like when I talk to my audience about why they're starting a business, 100% of them want to make some kind of an impact. They want some kind of a purposeful legacy uh, in addition to doing something they love and they want to do something they love. And I tell them, if you don't love what you're doing, don't bother because there will be hard days (laughs) that you need to really love what you're doing in this entrepreneurship world. But my audience, they really, um, you know, they're not after mega empires. They're not after, you know, you know, making the multi millions of dollars. They're really after um, using their skills and talents and passions that they've been honing for decades to turn into something really wonderful. But I mean, there are so many examples of like cool things. Like what I love about the online space is you can turn anything (laughs) into an online business, anything. And so, you know, in my direct world students, I've had, I've had, um, uh, for example, a woman who worked in uh, funding and grant writing her whole life, but she always loved cosmetics. So now she has online courses for using cosmetics to look your best, you know, after 70, I think. I think she's in her 70s. Holy cow, love that. Yeah, so there's like, that's an example. There's um, a, one example that happens a lot. For example, there's a woman who uh, teaches financial literacy to women now. And she had come out of financial advisement and she had just kind of gotten sick of the like old boy network world and decided to come out. She's like, I know what I'm doing. And she's doing it on her own. Um, But other examples, uh, for example, a mastermind I'm in, I haven't worked with these people, but I know them. There's a woman who came out of a long time educational training career. She now teaches people how to uh, upholster chairs with whimsical fabric and she is killing it, killing wow. it. I mean, like she's doing amazing. So it's like, you can take a hobby, you can take a past career, you can just take a love of something and turn it into an amazing business, an amazing business. I, yeah. I mean, I have a student now that just wanted to get healthier. She started Pilates, she became an instructor, and now she's teaching it online. Like it was just something she fell in love with later in life. And now she's doing that. That's what I love about the world that we live in right now. Um, Because uh, my husband and I were laughing the other day with our kids because (laughs) we were talking about kids being born with iPads that they're teething on. You know, we had to remind our kids that the internet age was born when my husband and I were in college. Like I remember them talking about this thing, this internet that was coming you know, and getting my first email address and all of those things that happened during the the phase of life that I was in during college. And so here we are, fast forward, and we see how much the world has opened up to us as a result of the internet. And also what's opened up to us is we have shattered glass ceilings. We have completely been able 
we, you know, and especially as women, you know, had we all remained in the corporate world, those glass ceilings still exist. Though they haven't gone away, they're still there a hundred percent. But like your friend who, you know, or your client that worked in financial services and was just tired of that good old boys network where that glass ceiling, she was never going to be fully heard or seen and valued. And so what did she do? She took it out on her own to where the glass ceiling does not exist. I know in my own experience, and I was sharing with you as before we got started offline, we were kind of catching up about how each other's businesses was doing and everything. And I know you've experienced this as well, is that, you know, I'm now making more money than I've ever made in my life. And I've had a healthy career. And how amazing is that? There's so much freedom that comes when you get to write your own rules and you get to write your own paycheck. I mean, obviously you have to build that and you have to do the hard work. I mean, like you said, you got to show up for it, but there's no limit to what you can do. And I love the example of the lady who's killing it online, upholster, you know, teaching other people how to upholster chairs, specifically with whimsical fabric. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it is. It crazy. But like you said it, the world is open to us now. So I always tell my audience, like, if you have some quirky thing you want to do, you have the whole world to find other quirky people who love that same exact thing. And there'll be plenty of them to do it for sure, for sure. And, you know, I often say the best day of my life was when I got canned, because I don't know that I would have had uh, the wherewithal to quit my job to start a business, but because I was like shown the door, you know, I was brave because I was shown the door, but I haven't looked back. I mean, it's hard, of course, but the money is much better. The boss is much better. <laughs> the schedule is much better. Uh, yeah. it's. I mean, there's really no downside to it, I would say. I, I totally agree. You know, I'm over here waving the entrepreneur flag for sure, because I love it. And um, I love the freedom and I love the autonomy. I love the creativity. You know, if I have an idea and I think it's a good one, I'm going to give it a try. You know, I don't have to run it through a, you know, uh, a, a committee. <laughs> There's no committee that, that has like my committee is a committee of one. Um, and it's just, it's freeing, you know, it is very freeing. It is, it is. And it is, I mean, like you said, it is not easy necessarily. And like earlier you mentioned it was complex and I do think, um, we can make it more complex than it is. I know I certainly did that when I jumped in and started taking all the programs and, all of those things, you know, we start to uh, we start to kind of grasp at straws because we're beginners. So we're like, oh, I should do it that way. No, I should do it this way. And we can get ourselves kind of um, overwhelmed, like information overload. So like what I do with my audience, I'm like, we're stripping this back to bare bones, like forget everything you have learned everywhere else. You know, there with any business, there are absolute basics that you need in place. And that's what we're going to put in place. My program is 12 months because I'm like, we need a realistic timeline with realistic timeframes. And it's going to take you at least 12 months to get this going. It's not like they promise you the eight weeks and you're going to have a business. I'm like, this is a 12 week or 12 month deal, at least before you're comfortable doing all the things and understanding what you need to do. And But it's doable. But you have to put the time in for sure. Well, and that just goes back to the um, the long game, right? You've got to play the long game. And I'm so glad you brought that up about 
and this is true of anything in life, not just business, but certainly relates to entrepreneurship and having your own business or starting something new, is that in, in, in the, the hazard of being online and paying attention to what everyone else is doing out there is that we get sold this bullshit storyline that in eight weeks you can have the business of your dreams and you'll be rocking and rolling in your million dollars and have the car and the driveway and the palace, you know, down the street. And it's just so not true. That's just not how it really works. And so I love that your particular program walks women through a, a year-long program because that's exactly what it takes. It's it's a year and and then some, right? Because Year after year, there's other things that we have to grow into and we have to figure out, but it is it is such a long game strategy. You have to go into it really thinking about the long game and being committed to it, being committed to it. I see so many people that are get so frustrated after they try something once and then they're mad because it doesn't work. And, you know, it's like I'm always saying to them, you know, you've got to actually build some consistency into this. I mean, obviously with storytelling, you know, you can't share your story once and expect the whole world to know it or hear it or see it or find you and fall in love with you. So it is a, it's an ongoing commitment that you have to have to the process for sure. It is. And I think one of the biggest things to keep in mind is that people kind of gloss over is, I mean, I'm like, you're doing all these things simultaneously you're starting a business, which is huge. You're learning how to start a business and doing all the things to have this business. And you're learning how to be a businesswoman. Like, how do you fit this into your lifestyle? Like, this is a new lifestyle. This is a new identity. This is a new everything. And, you know, interestingly, I'll, I'll talk with my audience. One of their biggest fears, my audience, is success. And we talk about it and they're like, I don't want this to become too big or to like ruin my life. Like I love my life. I want this to enhance my life. I don't want it to become like out of bounds. And so we talk a lot about that. But one of the biggest hurdles is um, building this business into your lifestyle as a habit, as you know, a day-to-day thing. I'm like, you can't treat this really. You've got to treat this like a job. Unfortunately, you've got to show up regularly. You've got to do the work. Um, to make it happen. But, you know, we're doing so much simultaneously in the beginning and people kind of gloss over that it's like this whole new identity that you're adopting as well. You need to learn self-discipline. You need to get your butt at your desk, you know, on your own. There's not, you know, nobody's watching you. You're not clocking in anywhere. And these all just take time to kind of build in. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I have found incredibly important and I would like for you to talk about this too, uh, because I know I know it is to you too. Are is finding community, right? Because that's how I mean that's how you and I even know each other is because we belong to a couple of online communities. One in particular where we really met and connected, and then of course, you know, had the opportunity to go to a retreat where we got to actually meet each other in person. And then we've just stayed in touch. We follow each other online. You know. You'll pop into my group. I'll pop into your group. We throw some love at what you're doing. And it's just that support, right? And and also having a place where you can come and actually get your questions uh, answered and not feel 
weird for asking the question. Going back to like what you said in the beginning when you were in those courses and you could find all these women who were in there but not raising their hand because they were really kind of scared of like, oh, I'm, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want to be, you know, the, have the millennials rolling their eyes at me. So the importance of finding like-minded communities to plug into is so important. I mean, this is definitely one of the reasons why I have Lightbeamers community and I've joined many other people's communities because I, it's so important to my own success to be reminded that I'm not alone. Oh my gosh, 1000%. And it's, I mean, let's face it, even though we're enmeshed in this online world, you know, outside, like when you go to your neighbors, they don't really know what the heck you do. They don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't, uh, you know, they don't know it. So I think having that online community and uh, I'd say at first I kind of resisted online community because I didn't I didn't see it as real community. But once I got into it and you do develop real friendships and real mentors and real places to go, and then you get a chance to meet people, you know, live or whatever, it is so important. And it's so important to surround yourself with like-minded people that understand what you're doing, that can support you, that can hold you accountable, which is a big one, you know, that people are going to push you forward on those days when it's like, "Ah, I don't want to do that or whatever. And I think just um, I have met more people online since I've started a business, like incredible people all over the world. It's just like it opens your world up, but it is amazing. It's necessary to have a community and it's amazing, I think, to have that. Well, I mean, I don't know that you and I would have ever crossed paths otherwise, right? Like I would have not known Colleen Kohanic existed in this world and your amazing vibrancy that you bring and just the fabulous conversations that you and I have had. We would have missed out on that had we not been plugging into community, had we not taken a risk to become entrepreneurs and taken even more of a risk to like figure out this online space. And there's just so much really good stuff that comes from putting yourself out there, sharing your story, of course, and just, you know, meeting new people in a way that might feel foreign and not normal and certainly not what a lot of us have been used to. I think if anything, this past year of the pandemic has taught us how to embrace the virtual world a little bit more, right? So that's been a blessing. Uh, But I agree, Colleen. I mean, I have met so many people from across the world as a result of, you know, putting myself out there in a really public way online that is not always easy to do. There's days that I feel, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, even, even you said it to me when we got on, you're like, you know, you're everywhere, April. And I'm like, I I know, (laughs) you know, like it, it it's a little uncomfortable sometimes to think about that, but that's what you have to do to get yourself out there to do this the right way. But as a result of doing that, there's been so many blessings. You know, there's just been so many blessings, brilliant people that have come into our worlds that we get to learn from and that we get to be friends with. Yeah. And like you said, they never would have crossed our paths, most likely, had we not been in this space and put ourselves out there. And yeah, so, I mean, how lucky are we? It's it's incredible. It's incredible. It is incredible. I love that. I love that. We talked about women, you know, being, what does it mean to be a scrappy uh, entrepreneur, you know, embracing this scrappy new frontier that we've got to, you know, embrace, which is this, this world that we live in now and what it takes to, to persevere through some of this stuff and how 
women in this generation are looking for something to uh, be a part of and live with intentionality and purpose and make use of their time, you know, make use of their time, whatever time we have left, right? Which is so important. I am curious for you, what is it now that continues to drive you? I know you have some pretty um, big stories in your life that have shaped your perspective and the lens that you look at. Can you share a little bit about that? Whatever you want to want to tell the audience. I'm an open book, as you know, I've, I'm always, you know, transparent. So yeah, I mean, I've had a crazy five years, I would say I was laid off. I started a business. My husband became very sick. I, you know, took care of him until he passed away three years ago, a little over three years ago. So I've been in this kind of like total reinvention. I mean, for lack of a better word, but my business through all of that has been like the thread that's like kept me going for sure. It's been kind of my, um, I don't know, like my foundation. Like I always had that, you know, to do, to work on that responsibility as I do it, but it's also been, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, losing my husband after 29 years, it is a, I mean, it's a crazy journey. Like I'm three years and I'm, you know, kind of just moving forward, I would say. But it's been this opportunity to really sit down and say, okay, what do I want to do now? What do I want my future to look like now? What do I want? So, you know, my business is always, it's really what lights me up now. And I'll say like the people I get to work with, like working with these amazing women um, every day. And I know that sounds cliche, but it is really true. Like you meet these women and their stories are incredible. And I love, you know, bringing that out of them or helping them bring that out. Cause a lot of times they come like, I don't really have a story. I don't really have any skills. I'm like, bullshit. Like you don't, you don't live five, six decades without some good stories. Trust me, <laughs> like you know, and so bringing that out. And so that's really what keeps me going. And, you know, my, um, my goal is to keep growing my business and helping more women and, uh, you know, seeing who else I can, you know, help make it happen because it's so exciting when you see it happen for other people, you know, when they start getting their first sales or their first customers, or it's just exciting to see that, that they're doing it and they get to really decide what their own future is. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, it is. That's when you really get to measure the impact, you know, when it's like the other people are doing the things and, and having success and, you know, living deeper into that passion and purpose, uh, that's really when you get to measure and see your own impact, which is, is beautiful. It's, you know, it is, it's the thing that keeps you going on the days that are hard because there are days that are hard and there are days that you don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the sense of achievement too. Like I think sometimes we get so deep in our business, we no longer see what we are able to do or how we are able to help people. So when you're helping them and somebody like has an aha moment, like, oh my gosh, I just figured it out. I never thought of that way. You know, that was so awesome. You know, it's kind of like a little pat on your back, but it also is like, yeah, I can do this. I'm doing some good here. That feels good. That feels good to be doing some good. I love it. I love it. Well, tell everybody what's the easiest way for them to connect with you. If they want to learn more about 
this scrappy frontier and what it's all about, um, what's the best way for them to reach out? And we will link this up in our show notes as well. Yeah, the easy, the absolute easiest way is just to come to my website, scrappyfrontier.com. And from there, you can get on the email list. You can find my Facebook group, my page, all of the good stuff. And you can come into my world. We'd love to have you. I love it, Colleen. Thank you so much, you guys, for being with us today. And thanks to Colleen for being with me today. I just love catching up with you, friend. It's always so fun to just chat. It is. It is. Well, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. Absolutely. I absolutely, I love this conversation. And I, you know, I I think it's always a reminder that there's still more that we can lean into in our lives, even like, you know, when like using your own story as an example, when we get dealt blows sometimes of like, oh, you've been laid off. And then before you know it, oh, you know, you're losing your husband, you know, there's significant changes in our life. And that's what happens. I mean, those are real real things that happen to people every single day, but there's always, um, you know, something on the other side of that. That's what I talk about with stories. Like there's an other side of that mountain, right? And on the other side of that is some stuff that is really beautiful and fruitful and maybe even a little bit of fun. So I, I love that you're an example of that and that you're teaching that to the to the women that you get to work with. So if you guys um, will do me a big favor, share this episode out, because I promise there's some people in your world that are going through something like that. And they may be thinking about starting a business. They may be in that typewriter generation or, you know, uh, figuring wanting to figure some of this stuff out. So share this episode out. Let them know that this would be something that they can tune into and maybe get some inspiration, some advice. They can connect with Colleen. And we've linked up all of that in the show notes for you. And until next time, be sure to be thinking about your own inside stories and be getting those stories out into the world. I'll see you next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.